Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project who'll have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. Many factors influence how we perceive the minds of other people. How do we view their capacity for thought and action as opposed to feeling and experiencing? And what moral judgments do we then make based on these impressions? Kurt Gray, assistant professor of psychology and director of the Mind Perception and Morality Lab at UNC Chapel Hill, talks with Dan Ariely about how we see the minds of others and how our perceptions lead us to make moral judgments we may not even be aware of. You're claiming that the more we think that other people have a mind, uh, the more rights they have. Right. Now, is this always true? I mean, if we think that people have a mind, but it's very different than ours, do we still think that they have rights? Or is it just if they have minds that are similar to ours? So our, our research suggests that we see minds along two broad dimensions. So one is the kind of experiencing mind that feels, and that's the kind of mind we give rights to, like puppies, for instance, uh-huh. children. So if they feel. If they it's, feel. It's not exactly. about what thoughts they have or exactly. what their preferences are and so on. As right. long as they feel they have some rights. Right, um, which is a sentiment echoed by uh, Bentham, the philosopher. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other kind of mind is the kind of mind that acts and does and thinks. So we call that agency. So these kind of two different ways of perceiving mind, and agency is what gives you more responsibility. So mens rea, we talk about whether someone uh, has the capacity to earn responsibility for their deeds and mm-hmm. be tried as an adult, for instance. So, so the, the ideal case is a case where minds can feel but have no resp- agency, and then we just give them all the benefit of the doubt but don't hold them accountable for anything. Maybe, but that's also benevolent sexism, right? So you need to take care of someone, and you don't think yeah. that they're capable of acting on their own. And so, so how do you study those things? Mostly we just ask people. So give me, give me an example of your most uh, recent paper that you particularly like. So... One example about mind perception um, and benevolent sexism actually deals with how we view the minds of people who are naked. People who are naked. So the moment they get the clothes off, does something changes in their mind? Yes, exactly. How, how do you even come up with this research question? <laughs> like, what, what happens? You're in the shower. This is like the shower one day, and you say, oh, I wonder if I have the same mind when I'm naked? Well, I shower fully clothed. I see. So, so that, that doesn't work. So you, right. you look at other people's showers? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, it's just a, it's a generally important topic. Uh, the minds of naked people. Okay, uh, let, let's skip how you came up with this idea. So well, how do you patients, for instance, right, in the medical context. I see. So naked. it's not exactly naked. They have this robe with the, like, the butt thing. Right. Showing. Well, more naked than you'd like, I think, <laughs> in most cases. Uh, or at the beach. Uh, okay. Or if you go to the bar, people are at least more naked if you're trying to pick up someone in the club. Right. They typically don't wear their... Uh, burka to the Okay, club. I see. Okay, so so it's not just naked or not. There's level of nakedness. Right, that continuum you. of nakedness. Okay, so so tell me. So how how does the research work? How how do you ask questions? So the the simplest study we did um, was just presented people with someone who just their face, just showing their face, or their face and their kind of body in a bikini, or if it's a man, just his like buff chest. Okay. And there's been lots of work showing That's that... That's sexist, isn't it? That for men you just show buff chest and for women you show bikinis? Well, Shouldn't you equate in more... Okay, n- well, never a later mind. study we do. Okay. A later study we do. Um, <laughs> and so we just, uh, we ask people to assess their agency, their capacity to think and do, and experience their capacity to feel and sense. Um, and it's been long known that when you see someone who... Uh, is more naked or even just their body, so as opposed to their face, 
So in magazine ads, often men are um, depicted by just their face. So there'll be an ad with like Tiger Woods or Leonardo DiCaprio with an expensive watch, and they'll hold the watch in their hand right next to their face. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, oftentimes women are depicted as full bodies in magazines, or even just their body. You don't even see their head, right? So it's long been known that... I don't know which magazines you read, but okay. <laughs> even women's magazines, okay. Cosmo. Um, we found, as we predicted, that when you see someone as a, as a body, you see them having less agency. Less agency. Right. So okay. that's always been known. Okay. Because the head and the face is the thing that does the thinking. I see. Right? And the body is the thing that I see. So it kind of, you get an average. You say the average of the, of the head, which thinks, and the average of the body that doesn't think, right. the average kind of goes, goes down. Exactly. And what about, what about feeling? So feeling is the interesting thing. In contrast to past uh, theorizing that suggests that you would just strip away all mind, just see someone as an object, that's where the word objectification comes from, we found something different, that we redistribute mind. We take it from the agency and we give it to the experience. I see. So someone who's a body is seen as more capable of feeling, feeling and so on. So, so what are the implications of this? So one, well, I should tell you, the, the, the one study that, that really nails it is there's a book called Triple uh, X. 30 porn star portraits, um, and it's by a, a famous photographer named Timothy Greenfield Sanders. And he has, it's the perfect stimuli for a psychologist. They have adult film stars in the same poses, with the same makeup and the same lighting, either completely clothed or completely naked. Uh -huh. um, and both men and women. And so we replicate the study with those effects, with those stimuli, and find the exact same thing. I see. So when we think about adult film stars, we don't think of them as, you know, objects we think of them as lustful beings mm -hmm. right who can feel but but the moment you see them more naked they basically have less agency but more feeling exactly so so what are the what what do you make out of this how how do you how do you take this lesson and improve things right so for example do you uh, go into class now more more dressed uh, to to basically put put your Agency, increase your agency and decrease your feelings? Do you? Yeah, I mean, I certainly don't wear muscle shirts anymore to class like <laughs> I always used to. Um, I think especially for, um, for women who want to look professional, right? Um, there's a range of fashion alternatives they can turn to, right? In the workplace, some are more revealing than others. And what this suggests is that uh, to be seen as an agent and not an experiencer, right? You should really dress more conservatively. But it also gives a huge boost to video conferencing, right? Where you basically say, just just do video conferencing, just right. so your head from just now your on, head. Right. let's let's forget the other the other part, and people would assume you feel less. But of course, right. feeling less is not always good, right? Uh, people true. might be more aggressive toward you. Mm -hmm. They might be less less kind. There's all kinds of consequences. So you could say maybe if you want to be thought of as with more agency, mm -hmm. go for the video conference approach. Right. Uh, if you want to uh, get your feeling involved and get to other people to recognize your, mm -hmm. your feeling, um, go in uh, dressed as little as possible. Right. Or with your spouse, let's say. Right. Let's okay. Say, yes, right? Yes. So it's useful to think of people at work as agents, but if you want to get romantic with someone, right, you don't wear the you know three-piece suit to the bar if you want to pick up someone for the night or oh, to be picked up right so but but with spouses it's interesting right you 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 had a fight with your spouse mm -hmm. and you go in uh dress dress um in a revealing way uh -huh. uh, that that might help them uh, think of you more as 
is feeling and less agency. It's not my right. fault. It's not my fault. Look right. at this. I'm, I'm naked. It's not my fault. Right. It's true. I mean, right? You seem more I love vulnerable. This. Yeah. I love this. So, so can we do an experiment like this when we try to basically improve uh, marital uh, arguments by uh, changing the dress code of uh, how people yeah. go to negotiate after? Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Very good. I, I'm so happy we met. Thank you so much for this. Happy to have a chat. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely of Duke University. To further expand your understanding of dishonesty, irrationality, and other human quirks, go to danarielli.com.